Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. My name is Gareth. I am the creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us at SKNR.net. As we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael. And we, of course, can also be seen at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, Central.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers that our game reviews are in. We are on um, Sci-Fi Radio, Smash Bomb, Open Critic. You can also catch us on N4G. And, of course, we have our quarterly magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. We're working on the new issue right now, so hopefully have that out in a couple weeks. And, of course, you can catch me on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM, both on the show. Uh, at times, it's on a hiatus at the moment, but we still have the social pages up, and we're hoping for really good things in 2024. So, we're recording this a little earlier than usual because of scheduling i am going off to uh san diego as we re uh, in the morning as we record this uh because we are just taking a couple days going to see depeche mode who did not have an arizona stop on this tour and then we're going to go spend some time at knott's Berry farm check out the holiday decorations do some shopping that sort of thing before heading back to things obviously a lot of stuff going on, so let's just hit the ground running and get to it. I uh, wanted to mention that Babylon 5 has finally come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's finally gotten the high-def remaster. A lot of people said this wasn't going to be possible because of the way the ratios were done for the original filming, since it was one of the first to use um, extensive CGI on television. But they've done it. It looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. I hope that they will go back and touch up the uh, movies. And, you know, I know it only had 13 episodes, but I'd love to see Crusade and more. But I think it's fantastic that Warner Brothers is really investing in Babylon 5. So a big investment that's really looking to pay off is our opening topic tonight. And it is Grand Theft Auto 6. Now, the trailer did leak. And so about 15 hours ahead of when they had planned to released the trailer the folks at uh rockstar said you know what rather than have a lousy quality trailer out there we're going to release the official trailer uh but they did admit that the leak caused them to go live sooner than expected uh which in our case was a monday evening versus a tuesday morning <coughs> excuse me but Initial word is that it has set a record as it has racked up 90.6 million views in 24 hours. Uh, at the 22-hour mark, it surpassed the previous non-music uh, video for the first 24-hour record. That was an 85 million uh, broadcast from Mr. Beast. And, of course, the all-time one uh, is Butter by K-pop sensation BTS, which has got 100 and 8 million views in 24 hours. Um, the last Grand Theft Auto 5 came out a decade ago. It's been basically, franchise been kept alive by frequent updates to the online mode of Grand Theft Auto 5, which was a first really for the uh, franchise to have such an extensive option. Uh, so, even though the game is not due until 2025, and I'm kind of saying, 
I wouldn't be shocked if that becomes 2026. We'll start with you, Justin. Uh, it's not coming to PC at launch. We don't know how long that'll take, but remember, it wasn't uncommon uh, to see these things released on consoles and then have PC versions released later. Uh, but right now, it's a purely PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X as title releasing in 2025. What do you make of this? Yeah, so actually a lot to unpack. So uh, regardless of what happens, GTA 6 is going to be successful, uh, hugely successful. It's it's in a different league. Grand Theft Auto, I mean, you can just look at the numbers of people that watch this trailer. It's in a different league compared to pretty much anything else in the industry. I mean, obviously we, you know, we, we play a lot of games. It, it's to us, you know, it's, we know it's a big game. Um, but I think some people, even people who are very into video games, you know, the industry really well, kind of, uh, struggle to understand just the scale of people that are into Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I mean, it, it broke, um, I think you have the numbers more, uh, more accurate numbers than I do, but it, it easily broke 90 million in 24 hours. Uh, just the trailer views, um, you know, even to the scale of, um, you know, a lot of people who just don't even play a lot of games. They're just very aware of what Grand Theft Auto is. So it, it's definitely a phenomenon in and of itself. Um, so it, regardless of, of how it launches, it's, it's, it's going to be successful. But some of the things you pointed out there, I, I think, are very important um, things to consider. So one, it could get delayed. It's not un, uh, unheard of. Uh, Rockstar is extremely concerned, or extremely, I shouldn't say concerned. Rockstar is extremely focused on polish. Their games are incredibly polished. Um they usually don't launch with a lot of issues or controversy. Um, so I could see it getting delayed, but then again, they are also uh, a developer that often will not show a game until it's fairly close to release, at least, you know, going by games in the past. But one of the things you brought up is no announcement for a PC release. Now, there almost certainly will come out on PC. It's just like Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, and even Grand Theft Auto V, I think, also followed the same um, pattern. It, it will be some time before it's on PC. I guess the benefit of that is when, by the time it does come out on PC, you probably will have, um, you know, more content, more DLC, more um, patches and things like that added into it. Um, so that is one benefit. But this is kind of a long haul situation. And uh, I guess just a reaction to the trailer visually it looks incredible um but it's i mean obviously it's just kind of introducing us to the the game itself so not a lot of information as to you know any of the the new innovations or new things that they've added to the to the formula um we, we probably won't know that for a while and maybe even all the way up to release even grand theft auto 5 it was difficult to get a sense of the scale of the game until it actually came out so Got a long road ahead, I guess, is the the short version. Um, you know, especially if you're a PC player, you're, you're probably looking at 2026 before this comes out. Um, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if it, it was 2026, and then, you know, even beyond that, if depending on the um, the things that you're interested in, you know, some multiplayer features might, you know, end up being added in later. So, um, so yeah, we'll have to kind of see how this goes, but it's just the start of a very long road 
And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I, I almost kind of wonder, uh, it's being launched fairly late in the development cycle of the PS5. I mean, it's hard for us to think about that, but um, when we start talking 2025 or potentially later, we start talking whatever the next PlayStation is, whatever the next Xbox is, um, the generational cycle. So it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if this wasn't some sort of launch title on a console, assuming that the timing lines up. Uh, again, I you know we don't know what the future holds for the next whatever PlayStation Six or Xbox Y Z whatever it happens to be, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if that if that lines up with a launch title for one of the new systems to drive that particular system numbers. I think it would make a lot of sense if they were to um, partner up with the launch edition for or for something like that, because again, if we're talking you know, a year or two years down the road, um, things progress fairly quickly. Now they will, of course, still have a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X release, but I wouldn't surprise me at all if we saw, <coughs> excuse me, if we didn't see that for um, a launch title for a new system or, or whatever. You know, that's an extremely interesting idea because if I'm not mistaken, didn't one of the games come out right at the end of three? And as the four arrived, they mentioned that there would be a patch. Uh, they eventually, I seem to remember there was some game in the series where there was a patch eventually applied to take advantage of the next generation features or something like that. But maybe I'm wrong. I might have been thinking of another game, but that is a really interesting uh, way to look at it. So. It'll be interesting to see what the, uh, you know, time flies. Now, uh, let's swing gears before we go back to some of the other things. We are going to be co-streaming the um, Video Game Awards that are taking place this Thursday, which is hence part of the problem. The Game Awards, I was uh, hoping that we could uh, record right after the show, but just nature of the game. We will be coming back from uh, California when the game's happening. We are going to follow up on our uh, trip, but at the same time, it would be far too late in the evening to do the recording, and we didn't want to put it off till Friday, so we just thought, fine, let's do a bit of a preview on this. Video Game Awards, we're not going to focus on who we think is going to win and all that. By the time you folks hear this, that'll already be out there. Um I want to focus on the reveals. Uh, it's been a huge thing, very big thing for a while, of quality AAA titles getting reveals during the Video Game Awards. We'll start with you, Michael. What are you hoping to see, and were you shocked that Grand Theft Auto... Uh, now, I do, like I said, we know there was a leak, but they had originally planned to release it the next day. Are you shocked that this wasn't at least held to be a reveal during the Game Awards? No, I honestly think that was probably the plan. And, and I know they said, oh, well, we'll release it. We're going to announce it on Tuesday anyway, so we'll release it a little early. I, I don't necessarily buy that. I think it was going to be a, an announcement at the game Video Game Awards. I just think because of the leak, um, they decided instead of having the, the risk of it getting out there in other formats, you know, somebody um, releasing it without their, without, you know, Rockstar doing it themselves, um, it, I think they were kind of they forced their hands. So I do think that that was part of the um, the plan, anyways. 
but yeah, it's it's hard to know because this year has been such a great year with so many good games that have come out um, that it's I, I'm just kind of curious to what's in the works now. Again, it's we're in one of those cycles where um, 2023 was a really great year for gaming. I mean, without you know a lot of outstanding releases. Um, just looking at the the you know the video game awards and looking at the the ones who are up for those. Um, you know, we had the Alan Wake 2, the, the Baldur's Gate 3, the um, Skyward Sword. We had all the, the a lot of highly anticipated, um, you know, sequels and games that, that, have, that have been in the works for a while that we were, um, that, that all kind of came out. So now I'm kind of curious to, um, to see what is actually, is actually out there. And are we going to see things for, you know, a 2024 release? Um, or are they going to push these things out? One of the things I think Video Game Awards has done usually pretty good with their announcements is they tend to keep them with games that we expect to see in near term, right? Um, a year, maybe two years out, um, as opposed to um, E3, where we used to get drops for announcements for, you know, I think of Beyond Good and Evil. You know, we, we see all these games that we saw, oh, coming soon, see peaks from all these big developers on games that have, you know, disappear and, and go away um so yeah i'll be curious to see what uh, what some of the studios have out there um and, and just in general just kind of see where the state of the industry looks for 2024 yeah and before we get your comments on that uh justin i do remember very clearly that you and i would go to e3 and say hey you remember blank that we saw last year i wonder what happened to it we never hear it and like two years later yep i guess blank's never coming around so yeah Interesting stuff. Justin, your take, please. No, I, I I think what we're kind of in a strange situation where it's kind of hard to predict exactly what we'll see. Um, it's been kind of quiet for a while. And with that, the only real, the only game that really comes to mind where I'm like, I'm, I'm not confident that it will be there, but I think there's a good chance uh, just because of track record is, uh, a DLC for Elden Ring. They did announce it a while ago. Um, I think earlier this year they announced it. And From Software uh, has a tendency to to do reveals at uh, the Game Awards. So I I think we could see um, the DLC for Elden Ring there. But beyond that, it's kind of difficult to predict what what exactly we'll see. you know, I, I think some of the, the game, the, kind of like what Michael said, I think we're, we'll probably be focused more on games that are explicitly coming out in 2024. Um, so, you know, I think we could we could definitely see some more of the Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, Part Two. I think that's a focus of Sony's for the next few months because it's coming out in February. Um, I think we could maybe see Homeworld 3. Uh I think a trailer for Homeworld uh, 3 was at a different Game Awards, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think we might be able to see a little of that as well. But other than that, I, uh, Nintendo doesn't really do a ton uh, at the Game Awards. They, they kind of save their, their big announcements for Nintendo Directs. Same thing with Sony. I don't think there's probably going to be a huge Sony um, exclusive announcement. But we could see maybe um, some more from Bethesda potentially uh, uh, some kind of reveal of what they, they are working on after Starfield. So um, hopefully we'll get surprises. Uh, kind of like what Michael said, it's it's kind of a, um, 
you know, it's a little difficult to, to predict exactly what we'll see there, but um, hopefully that we'll get some pretty surprising stuff. There have been some rumors that, you know, Lollipop Chainsaw Remastered, Baldur's Gate 3 coming to Xbox Game Pass. I've heard that. I've heard that a new EA game is, um, you know, leaked. Um, you know, as, as I was saying, the Grand Theft Auto 6, they had planned to re release the trailer the next day, which would have been, uh, what, three days before, or is it Tuesday, Tuesday, but two days before the Game Awards. And I, I was thinking, you know what, we've been looking in the wrong direction, gentlemen. They, they had to release the trailer 15 hours ahead of schedule. So how about the Game Awards will actually have the first look at gameplay? Because we've only had cutscenes and stuff. I think that would be more of an event for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, God of War Ragnarok D DLC, you know, like you mentioned, Elden Ring DLC, Death uh, Stranding 2. These are all just, you know, rumors that people are kicking around. Beyond Good and Evil, 20th Anniversary, Hellblade 2, um, you know, and things from that era. So it's like, you know, we'll see. I, I think uh, you want to really impress me, show a new Division game. Uh, the Star Wars game, We, you know, we're due for, I think, an update on that one. It's been a little while. So we will see. Lots of interesting stuff there. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about briefly is uh, this one landed on my doorstep this morning. Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1 an animated movie uh, from Warner Brothers Home Video. And uh, we have the trailer up. It looks pretty impressive. Obviously, part one, so there's going to be two. But I've been mean, listening to some of these um, names that are on it. You have um, Jensen Ackles. You have um, Matt Bomer in it. And, uh, you know, Meg Donnelly. Just a lot of animation powerhouses zachary quinto um as lex luthor i mean that just is crazy and then of course you have some of the supporting cast you have a huge um number of people aldous hodge is in it i've got to speak to him once at comic-con it's just it's crazy lou diamond phillips um so you know and on and on and on and i think this could be really interesting so uh we'll see now I uh, wanted to just throw that out there. The, the big thing I wanted to discuss before we move to the other topics, uh, Justin, you can start us on this one. What did you make of the Godzilla uh, X-Kong, the new Empire trailer? Uh, so, and I'll preface this by saying I've, I've, up to now I've been a pretty big fan of the MonsterVerse. I think of all of the attempts at doing a big cinematic universe that isn't Marvel, I think the MonsterVerse has been the most successful. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think that's a very controversial take. There just hasn't really been that many huge um, cinematic universes um, besides Marvel and DC. But the the quality, the the legendary MonsterVerse movies has, has generally been really good. I, I liked Godzilla twenty fourteen. I liked King of the Monsters. Uh, Kong Skull Island was Island was good. I think it dropped off for me a little bit with. Um, the first Godzilla vs. Kong, I think tonally it, it kind of went in a, a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, and uh, I'm going to start, or I'm going to Godzilla nerd a little bit here. And it did remind me a bit of this, of the, uh, 
the 60s era of Godzilla movies, which got a little silly. Um, you know, the original movie and, and its sequel were pretty serious movies that uh, tackled pretty serious themes and were more, uh, I guess, grounded in, like, I don't know, um, some kind of horror uh, at, at what was happening. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong kind of, I think, lost a little bit of the, of the edge that the, the movies had going for them, um, especially in how a lot of the action was shot. Uh, and so this this trailer, I'm 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 still interested in the movie, but it did very much remind me of Godzilla vs Kong in tone. Uh, I guess to just to nitpick a little bit, you know, seeing Godzilla like sprinting is a little strange. Um, he, he to me is more effective if you're, you know, you know you have the camera shots low, you know, from the perspective of people, and he's huge lumbering, just like slowly. Uh, moving towards his target um that's usually more effective than than kind of like what what we're seeing but uh I'm, again i'm still interested in it um it i guess one one part of it was i i ended up watching the trailer right after seeing godzilla minus one which was absolutely incredible uh i have to plug that it was it probably my favorite movie this year and really nailed the um really the way Godzilla should be portrayed. Uh so uh, so watching that trailer after minus 1 I think was was a little bit jarring for me but again I'm I'm still interested in in, in the movie and uh and hopefully um you know we'll get to see more of the monster verse uh beyond it. Michael your take please. Yeah, no and I agree. I think for me that I I liked uh I don't know we talked about when Godzilla versus Kong, the, um, you know, when we talked about, when it, before it came out, we talked about some of the oddities about like the aircraft carrier part and all that. And, and these movies with that one in particular, and with this trailer, it's kind of looked like it's gone. I, I don't want to say Michael Bay on it, but that's kind of the impression that I got. Like the, the effects, the visual, the visual style of the movies, I think is spectacular. I don't think anybody can argue how it looks. And I, I thought Skull Island was fantastic. Um, the, the original, the King Kong, um, the, you know, the, the, the Godzilla, I, I thought those were really good, but totally I agree with Justin. And in the last one, it just kind of, I don't, I don't know. It kind of gave up some of its, its story for more of the spectacle and how things look. Um, I think this movie from the trailer, it looks great. Um, and, and just like with the the um, Transformers movies, sometimes the the stuff that they show in the trailer is what really looks great and and catches my attention, only to be disappointed when I actually get through the story part of the movie. So um, obviously, it's one of that I'll watch. I'm I'm still excited to see it. Uh, I I like that you know to to Justin's um, point, you know Godzilla minus one and and all the other. Um, it keeps that a lot of these other movies in the the forefront of, of people. So they, you know, they associate one with the other and it draws a lot of attention and keeps that franchise going. So I'm, I'm not, I, w I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I don't really think there's a lot to, you can really sh say a lot from just a trailer. Right. And I could be very um, surprised and I hope so, but I, I, I always worry that they go for more of the spectacle 
of of the grandiose size of the monsters um and then they, they it, it's so shallow that it just doesn't really um it doesn't live up to the legend that is you know either of these right godzilla or king kong uh and, and it's a pity right because i do think that there's a lot of good storytelling that can be done and we have the opportunities now to really tell a, a great story with the effects it's not like we're um, spending so much of our budget on effects now that we can't afford um, good actors or we can't afford a good script. Uh, I think we're past that. I think a, a lot of these, um, you know, we, we can do both. And I think a lot of movies in the past have done both successfully. But, but again, I, I, you know, again, with like with the Transformers and the, and the Michael Bay, I, I kind of keep going back to these um, only because they, again, they, they look great. There, there's a lot of, um, they really do focus a lot of the visuals and things look stunning. They look realistic and that's all great. Um, but without a story, it kind of falls flat for me. And I, and I worry that the franchise, the Godzilla franchise, um, is starting to head in that direction where they're like, oh, well, how about we do godzilla versus king kong and they're like oh that'd be great how about we have him fight on an aircraft carrier they're like well, does that really fit this, the scope of things well no but you know it'll be cool right and they're like oh yeah that's right and then we're like oh well let's do this where they team up together and they fight another monster and and we do all this again and they're like hey that would be great um again it, it's it's going for the spectacle over the story and i don't think you have to choose one or the other but but a lot of these big blockbusters kind of go that route and again we talked about um, in the past with the superhero movies back in the um, late 90s, early 2000s, which pretty much killed them off for a decade, was, oh, well, this is cool, but how about we introduce all these characters and let's, instead of that story, let's just do all these really cool-looking things. And and it just kind of starts to wear thin on folks. So I hope that's not the case with this one, but um, I'm a little reserved uh, based on what I saw. Yeah, I think that's a very safe way of looking at it. Now, uh, switching gears, let's talk about something uh, that is getting a, had a bit of negative, but I recently uh, came across some things that are actually earlier today that Disney has got in the works, and uh, there's some very interesting things. Uh, you know, catching up with Marshawn Ali, we've talked about Blade. He's actually very positive about it, uh, talked about that they're going to be getting into production soon. He likes where they're going. And the stuff I wanted to focus on today is there appears to be some really interesting developments. Number one, uh, it looks like they might be doing a third Maleficent live-action film. And the second thing, and this one kind of surprised me, uh, there's been a lot of bashing of the animated films lately. You know, a lot of people tried to call Wish a bomb, uh, and it wasn't. It just had a slow burn uh, up to the profit uh, similar to what is what they're expecting it to do similar to what elemental did. At least that is the hope as of right now, it's made about 82 million. They're kind of hoping that it's just going to quietly sit there and keep churning and churning. Uh, but there was the perception when Lightyear didn't do so well that the Disney films uh, were in a bit of trouble, and I don't mean just the Disney, I mean Disney and Pixar. And apparently, uh, one of the things that, if, as you guys remember, we discussed this, 
there was the huge debate during the lockdown and the, the real rush of the pandemic as to theaters are closed or people aren't willing to go to the theaters. Do we hold on to it? Do we put it out in the, on a streaming platform or do we um, put it on pay-per-view? And Pixar uh, decided to put Soul, Luca, and Turning Red straight to um, streaming versus the theatrical release. This apparently angered several people at Pixar who felt these were theatrical movies that basically did not get to reach their potential. Well, lo and behold, all three of them are getting theatrical releases. Apparently, um, Disney has decided that with the huge hype that is out there for Inside Out 2 that is coming next year, that these uh, films need to be seen on a big screen. They're going to release Soul on January 12th. They are going to be um, releasing Turning Red on February 9th. And then on March 22nd, Luca is going to hit the theaters. So they, of course, will also be coming with their short films and that sort of thing. Uh, Michael, what do you think? So, I mean, to me, this kind of would, would kind of be reminiscent of how movies used to be, where um, before, you know, people had access to um, VHS or people had access to, um, you know, uh, other means uh, to watch movies. They would always bring them back to theaters uh, to get a chance to watch them. And, and in this particular case, since these never went to um, the big screen, it gives them an opportunity to now um, have that audience. I mean, I think it's good for people who don't have streaming services, particularly or they don't have Disney Plus or any other means to watch these movies, haven't, you know, um, got them on D on Blu-ray or whatever other options there are for those particular movies. Uh, I wouldn't think I wouldn't think of them as uh, a full-on release because I don't think they're going to see the types of numbers that a full-on release would. Uh, again, because I think a lot of people who have seen these. Um, have already, you know, wanted to watch these movies, um, already have, or have had a, had a way to do so. Um, so I wouldn't, I was certainly wouldn't expect them to have a big, um, big numbers at the box office, but it does allow, uh, you know, allows that big screen, um, cinematic feel, uh, you know, for movies. Uh, the one thing I, I kind of worry about, uh, is, is, you know, does that, what kind of revenue does this drive? And, and, and you know, again, because these are, are movies that have been available for free, more or less, you know, you're paying the monthly subscription or whatever, uh, to watch. And I would imagine most um, people who are really interested have probably streamed it more, streamed it more than once, and probably multiple times. Um, is that so? Are those people going to want to pay um, the full price of a admission to see it on a big screen? I don't know. Uh, you know, again. You know, as an as a matinee type thing, or as one of those summer releases where they do those um, summer movie packs where um, kids pay the ten bucks and they get to see uh, you know five movies or whatever it happens to be. Those are those are great opportunities for these to get some life uh, on the big screen. But I, I really don't know. Again, if uh, just because what we what we've seen is a lot of folks, even you know, outside of some of these um, tentpole movies, there's still a uh, an issue with, I think, with a lot of these movies, and we've seen even some of the bigger movies where they they just don't do well uh, because they're available in other means. And again, these are movies that, let's face it, have been out for a while. Um, again, most people and, and their kids have probably seen these movies 10, 15, 20 times. 
Um, if you're anything like my friends whose kids want to watch the same movies over and over and over again. Um, so again, is that enough to drive a lot of people to the box office? I don't know. It's a kind of an interesting experiment to see. Uh, again, I think these are great for matinee type movies or for movies that are like part of summer summer releases where they, they show a lot of movies uh, on the big screen that, you know, for a much cheaper price, whether somebody would be wanting, willing to pay the $12 or $15 to go see a movie that they've already watched multiple times already. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be really curious to see what kind of draw those movies have to the big screen. And, and I'll be honest, some of those movies, I think were really suited better for streaming. Um, not that they weren't quality at all, but I just don't know that they had the, the mass appeal or the interest that they, they, that would have driven a huge um, theatrical release, but you know, we'll see how it goes. And Justin, your take, please. No, I think Michael makes some great points. It's, you know, part of the, the, the movie, uh, the, the way this all works is when a movie comes out in theaters or, or it's released for the first time, like it's kind of an, an event. And uh, so I'm inclined to think that if it's being re-released, basically, even if it never really made it to theaters, but it's effectively being re-released, um, it's never, I, I shouldn't say never, but it's very likely in, in my mind that it's, it's not going to have the same draw as, uh, you know, opening weekend, it's no one has seen it before. There's all this buzz around it. Um, you know, drawing, you know, that, that's a force that, uh, I, you know, obviously everyone who follows the industry knows really well is that, uh, that effective word of mouth. So when a movie comes out and a lot of people are talking about it, they're telling their, their family, they're telling their friends, they're telling their coworkers to go watch it, that has a huge push uh towards making a movie successful and that it's more it's probably difficult to get that going again if it's already been out on streaming um on you know i i guess feasibly it it could go in the other direction too where you know it's been on streaming for a while a lot of people have seen it and maybe uh it's the type of spectacle movie that would draw a lot of people to go see it in the theaters because of like you know and i'll say even for myself there's there's quite a lot of movies that i've gone to watch in the theaters just because oh this is the type of movie i want to see in theaters uh rather than wait for it on streaming so i i'm curious as well to see which ones are successful um because maybe you know it gets a second life like you mentioned gareth some of the movies that some people wrote off they've eventually kind of gained traction so it's it's hard to predict uh what'll happen uh with a lot of these movies um but uh you know, I, I'm inclined to think that overall, it, it probably will be successful. It's just I doubt that they're going to get the numbers that they would if it if it released in theaters, you know, the first time. You know, that's such a great point, and it's funny because um, as we heard this, we got the news that Disney was not going to be reporting the foreign box office numbers for the Marvels. They kind of, you know, a lot of people say, oh, they're just kind of essentially cutting bait and saying, okay, that's, that's that. And it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day going, I equate it to YouTube and people are going to say, well, what, what do you mean by that? Um, YouTube has this really interesting way of sneaking up on you. So 
for example, I, I went in and I looked at uh, some videos on our channel. And, you know, there, the, and then I, I clicked the tab that was the most popular. And I'm sitting here, and there's some really interesting things that caught my eye. For example, the video game White Noise 2 gameplay. We put the trailer up seven years ago, or gameplay. It's got 58,000 views already. Um, Postal Redo gameplay. Seven years ago, it went up 45,000 views already. Now, by that, and I'm not just rolling the numbers, but there's some crazy stuff. 11 years ago, the mutant girl from Total Recall at Comic-Con, 26,000 views. There are things that we have. Michael, uh, do you remember when we played Strange Brigade for the first time at E3? Oh, yeah. They had us up in that little room. Yeah. And you remember at the time, we had a great time. There were a few people complaining about us having problems with the, or me having issues with the controller. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember me telling you, gee, this is odd. I thought, you know, a, a, a day one gameplay reveal with actual extended gameplay straight from E3, high quality video was going to do really well. And it didn't do well traffic wise at all. Yeah. It's now done over 25,000 views. Oh, wow. <laughs> and what I have found is that you go to these conventions and you do these interviews and you talk with these people and some of them absolutely pop right out of the box and others of them don't. And you sit there and you go, wow, you know, how could this interview with this person not do well or how could this not do well? And then you just say, okay, you know, you just, you, you can't predict what the public's going to go for all the time. You just have to toss them out there and see what happens. And then something like this happens. Every now and then you click back in and you go, huh, here was, you know, we were talking about uh, Justice League and all of that. Here's a Justice League video that I did uh, four years ago. It's almost at 9,000 views. Now, that may not be the millions that a lot of people get, but the point I'm getting to is sometimes things, when you stop looking at them, slow and steady wins the race. You know, you go, oh, wow, yeah, I got a couple hundred views. That's about it. I guess people aren't going for it. And you leave it alone. And then all of a sudden you look four years later and you go, wow, that's got tens of thousands of views. How did that happen? Movies don't have that luxury because they have to make their money right up front. But I've always said, I always call this the John Carter of uh, Mars approach. All these people, it lost money, it lost money, it's a huge bump, it's a huge bump. And I kept saying, wait until all the numbers are in. By the time you add in foreign market, streaming, DVDs, pay-per-view, all of this, and give it a few years down the road, it's going to make its money back. You know, I've had people tell me, very, very difficult for a movie to essentially bomb out in the long run unless you have something, and I, I hate to be whipping on it, but something like the Marvels where you have a $200 million budget, if it conks out at $200 million at the box office or whatever, or $300 million, they could say, wow, you know, with all the marketing and PR we spent on it, we're still $100 million in the hole. Well, you know, how does this get solved? Somewhere down the line, it continues to churn along. Somebody goes on and says, oh, hey, they um, in the new Avenger film, these characters are coming back. Maybe I need to go back and give that a look. 
So it will be interesting to see what the extended long-term uh, plan for all of this is. And, uh, you know, who knows? It, it's just a very interesting time. So hopefully good things are going to be ahead. And as I said, folks, we got the gaming awards coming up. We, I'm going to get a couple of days down to uh, head over to California, a little run through. Like I said, we're going to see Depeche Mode. And then we're going to run up to Buena Park, spend a, a day at Knott's Berry Farm, getting the Christmas photos in and the holiday stuff in, a little bit of shopping, and then home uh, back to it. So um, cool. lots of stuff I wanted to mention gaming-wise really quick. Uh, Call of Duty Season 1, Modern Warfare uh, 3, the new maps are out for free. You have the brand-new Atlantic City content for Fallout 76. And, of course, you have VR games. Arizona Sunshine 2 is uh, currently installing, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting the PS VR 2 on that one, as well as several others. So, uh, gentlemen, do you have anything else that you wanted to add before we uh, call it out for the evening? Uh, I think we're good. No, nothing for me. All right. Well, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you very soon, and uh, be well.